Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. All right, we are back with another Friday Financial Wrap-Up with Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing so good, man. Thank you for doing this with me each week. It's something I look forward to. Um, it's hard to believe that this is for June the 30th, 2023. I can't believe that we're already halfway through the year. Is it wild or what? Crazy. I. It's hard to believe Q2 is over halfway through the year. Uh, yeah, wild. Wild. Crazy. Very, very interesting time so let's get right into today's show um let's talk about q2 and recession call what are your thoughts this week as we are at the mid-year halfway point of the year yeah one of the things that i did this week in my daily financial news that i i felt compelled to do here in our weekly wrap-up is admit that i was wrong right i made a an aggressive call that the recession would start in q2 i did it the day after or maybe the second day after silicon valley bank collapsed I was seeing consumer behavior that led me to believe that we would have a recession that started in Q2. Given what we've seen with durable goods and jobs and home sales, all of that, I was wrong. Um, you know, I love to celebrate with you in the audience when I'm right. And I also believe that I should take ownership when I'm wrong. So my Q2 recession call, 100% wrong. No recession in Q2. Interesting. So, Let's go to the next talk, talking point, which is GDP. What is GDP? And then maybe tie it back to your thoughts about recession. Obviously, I think, too, also at the as we go from June to July, we have the 4th of July holiday. This is a great time to reflect. It's the half. It's halftime, right? This next weekend, taking time off and reflecting. What are your thoughts about GDP this week? And then maybe tie it back to thoughts about recession for 2023. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that we got on Thursday morning was we got a revision for Q2 or Q1, excuse me, Q1 GDP. And so just to reframe everybody, what happened is we came into that print at 1.2. People expected it to be revised to 1.3. We actually got a 2.0. It means the, the economy, which stands for gross domestic product, basically the U.S. economy in totality, was stronger going into Silicon Valley Bank because if, if you don't remember, Silicon Valley Bank collapsed in the middle of uh, middle of March, I think, yep. which would have been definitely felt in Q2. So Q1 left stronger than expected, or Q1 was stronger than expected. It just ran over my recession call. Any blip in March or April was was done in 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 you know May June. So again, a recession call was not not correct. I still think, it, given the data I had, it was the right thing to do. I was just wrong, and it's okay to be wrong, but you have to admit it. Uh, I also think Q2 GDP will be strong. It will be one, one and a half percent. So not only not recessionary, but relatively strong. Um, yeah, I mean, the, did you see? I mean, the next topic is new home sales. I'll just jump to that now. Yeah, new home sales for the month came out on Wednesday, I think. Again, to give everybody the number, last month we did 680. The experts thought we would do 675. I'm like, you guys are idiots. We're going to do something north of seven. 
we ended up doing like 756 or something. So like a 12% growth month on month. People wow. are buying ha- new homes. Existing home sales aren't there. It's, it's yeah, new, new, new construction is doing quite well. It's funny. I even know a guy that uh, he just put a new home into contract. So uh, I know a guy friend. too. <laughs> I think we know the same guy. Yeah, I think we know the same guy. I love it. Let, let's continue. So uh, let's talk about weekly unemployment claims. Your thoughts this yeah. week they reported. What's your thoughts about it? Yeah. So again, Thursday, right? Thursday, we got GDP surprise up and then we had unemployment claims. Now let's remind you what was happening for three weeks in a row. We were setting a new base for unemployment claims at 262, 264. That was up from 240, right? Generally speaking, Powell is trying to cause some pains in the job market. So you would most likely see it in the weekly numbers. So three weeks in a row, we're like, okay, great. We got a new baseline. Maybe the economy is slowing down. That didn't last long. We got a number at 239. So we're back down. Um, so, you know, rates took off Thursday. Uh, I, I think we're going to be over 7%. I never, I didn't see the numbers, but yeah, uh, unemployment claims are back down. They, they, you know, we'll see it's a one week blip at this point, but yeah, that three week trend broke hard lower. Interesting. Interesting time. So if we tie the unemployment claims, GDP, the Q2 recession call, um, the economy is still moving it along at a pretty healthy pace or some would say your thoughts. Absolutely. No, I I think that's well said. It's certainly stronger than most expect. I was not alone in calling a Q2 recession. Um, many people also called one in Q3. I think the economy is too strong to see that happen. I think the most common call now is Q4, Q1. I am not making a call currently. I need to go back and look at the data and see what I missed and, and see what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's, it, the economy is, doing remarkably well given that we've raised interest rates 500 basis points and may raise them more. We'll see. Interesting. So let's actually, let's even unpack that just a little bit in terms of inflation. How would you tie all that up, tie that together? GDP, unemployment claims, Yeah. your thoughts on how, how do you think that may, you know, and again, we're speculating here. How did, yeah. how do you think that might play into CPI and how, how do you think that may play out over the next coming weeks or months? So I so so the upcoming CPI is going to be clearly down. We're rolling off what's called the largest base effect. I think there's a chance that CPI headline is 2.9. I think most people think it'll be 3 or 3.1. But when I look at the math, there's a chance it's 2.9. Uh, but after that, I, there's a chance that CPI goes up in August because while we roll off the biggest one here this month, the one following it is basically zero. Um, so, so we'll see. And in, in as I've tried to help people understand, inflation has three components. The first one is stuff, physical goods. Yep. We have seen that roll over for the most part. The next is housing, AKA shelter. Shelter will roll over. It doesn't roll over until about August. It's just the way the formula works. But then Ty, services, AKA wages. That one's gonna be sticky. Interesting. Right? Where it's it it's it's gonna be around for a while. It could be around for all of next year, for example. I think wages are pretty sticky. 
And again, I that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. It's great that real incomes are going up, but it will also support inflation, right? Getting to two percent is going to be hard, right? Getting to getting to four relatively easy. Getting to three okay, but two hard. Well, you you've called that again. If going back to the receipts, if people go back, if they've been watching the show for six, nine, twelve months plus. You talked about wage inflation. You talked about it was a critical component in order for people to be able to kind of keep up, at least mm -hmm. for housing and such. And any just last thoughts before we move on? No, I think that's a really important point. Again, I think I think we're going through something a la the 1970s. And what happened in the 70s, the employee, the worker, they got theirs. Yeah. What we have seen since 1980 to really 2020 is the CEOs and the executives got theirs. I think what transpires over the next five years is the employee, a.k.a. worker, gets theirs, but that does cause inflation to be a little bit more sticky. Real wages go up. That drives affordability, and maybe in five years we get back to a more balanced market, but it's uh, it's going to take time. Interesting. Very interesting. Let's move forward, and you know we talked a little bit about rates. Let's talk about rates and tie it together with lending. What did you see this week? And just maybe kind yeah. of your thoughts as we're at the midpoint for the year. What do you see happening with rates? What are you seeing going on with lending this week? So rates are ticking up. I think we're, we've revisited 7% again. This is our third round trip with 7% mortgage rates. Uh, I think we're going to be here for a little while. It, we may be here probably until uh, July. I think July 12th is when CPI comes out. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, rates are going to be, I think, above 7 that CPI print's going to be important. There's a jobs number that I think comes out on the 8th that'll be important. Like how many jobs do we create in the month of June? We have some economic number that if they come in really strong, rates could stay above seven all the month of July. It's not my call, but it's certainly possible. Um, my general feeling is rates trend down as the year goes by, but maybe they don't trend down as early as I thought. I thought rates would trend down in July and August. Yep. Maybe it's September and October. So, and then lending. Oh, one thing that's going on in lending. I'm talking to lenders almost every day. Lending is getting tight. If you have anything that's not just owner, ah, clean purchase, it's hard. Burr projects, cash out refis, a, a part, you know, anything, anything that was done by regional banks, it's getting tough out there. Um, you know, I have a, I have a lender who routinely did five, six, seven million dollar lending deals that can't can't fund loans now uh, because there's no appetite. So, uh, and then we'll, I'm just going to transition to the next point, which is opportunity. Yep. I said this at my Fresno key, keynote, and I don't think people heard me. I'm going to say it again: when lending gets harder, deals get better. Yeah. Because what happens is. All the people that want to sell don't sell. What we are left with is a crowd of people that need to sell. So get creative, go for lower prices, ask for seller financing, get concessions. There's, again, I get excited when lending gets hard because I know the deals get better. Spot on, spot on. And nothing could be more attractive than creative financing, subject to seller financing. Um, and like you said, the sellers that are selling are the need to sell. It's people that either financially have situations 
and or inherited properties, probate, um, you know, bad landlords, things of that nature, divorces, not seeing, not seeing a lot of divorces. Don't ever want to see a lot of divorces um, or, or for that matter, but death is something yeah, a lot of, happens. a lot of probate, yeah. a lot of probate stuff that we see right now and then burned out landlords. So very interesting, Michael. Um, this is obviously a very weird market an interesting market. We've talked about the 50 year chart. Where can mm -hmm. people go see that video? The 50 year. Anal yeah. So you can actually get the 50 year spreadsheet. Go to one rental at a time.com. It's right there in the lower right corner. You can get your access to it. it's actually 53 years. Uh, you can also go to my YouTube channel, one rental at a time and just search for 50 year spreadsheet. I've done 10, 15 videos on it. It's all right there for you. It really tells you it's, it's, it's how I made the housing crash call on transactions and nailed it. So um, yeah, it's all there for you and, and go get it, play with the data. It's, it's all sourced. It's all indexed where the data came from. Make your own opinions. It's, it's impressive with the amount of data there. With, with this said, and everything that we just talked about, um, inventory still remains tight. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Maybe yeah. even what we thought was going to loosen up remains tight. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. And then also in terms of thoughts, because of even with rates above 7%, at least in the short term for let's call it majority of the summer, as mm -hmm. we see it, maybe loosening up in the fall. Uh, do you see that below the median still competitive price appreciation, oh. multiple offers? It's still probably yeah. going to be a, a wild ride and probably see a good yeah. time to sell below the median. Uh, yeah, there's no question. I mean, one of the scariest videos I did this week was with a joint friend of ours, Omar. Yep. Um, Omar pulled up the inventory, his MLS, and went through the data. And we broke it down by different thresholds. And to basically net it out, first of all, in totality, his market has less than 700 available homes in total. Six months ago, it was over 2,000 to give you a scale. When you take out luxury and, and manufactured homes and below the median, it's like 150 homes. And he's put in their market is putting like 180 into contract a week. Yep. So we're not even talking days of inventory. We're talking hours of inventory. Yep. So yeah, dude, below the median, safest place to be. If you have a marketing function that can find junk, stay below the median. Cause again, you're going to get hurt above, but yeah, it's, Pretty attractive below the median. A lot of opportunity, folks. If you're really paying attention, you're watching what Michael's been talking about. We've been talking about on this channel, below the median, mining the gold, right? There's just so much opportunity there if you know where to look. And again, below the median. Michael, where can people, um, in terms of check out the course, buy the course? Is there anything? Do you have a promo? Is the promo still going? Is there an active promo yeah, right I'll, now? Yeah, I'll do something for 4th of July. And you know, your channel. So what is so I'll give you two options. So my how to get started one retail at a time course is $399. Uh what I will do through the July 4th is give you two free $50 courses. You can get the six-hour mastermind, you get the buy box deep dive, you can get any of those $50, two of those, two of those $50 courses for free. And then probably the best value I've ever offered is on how to get started with mentoring. So not only do you get all of that, but you get 30 minutes of my time. But I'm going to do you one better for this week. For $7.99, I will not only do all of that, but I will give you all of my $50 free courses, which is like 400 bucks. 
And one thing that I will be doing after fourth is raising the price to $9.99. Because what I will be doing going forward is for $9.99, you get all of that. So for the next three or four days, you can basically save a ridiculous amount of money by uh, having access to me for 30 minutes. I don't know why I'm doing that, but just for you. I, I, I've been twisting your arm. So yeah, you um, he's raising the prices, folks. We've been talking about it, especially the last probably four, five, six weeks. Also, what I will say is that the 30-minute extra call, that extra piece of it, that's going to be a probably, folks, in my opinion, that alone is worth probably a thousand, fifteen, twelve hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, maybe a lot more. And honestly, because he only has so many hours per week, he only mm -hmm. has so much time, and he enjoys his retirement and his yep. semi-retirement and such. So, Michael, happy Independence Day! God bless America! Thank you for all that you do. Have a great weekend. Thank you, man. I look forward to our conversations.